You may have noticed when we began our worship this morning that we sang about God's creation and all that God has given us. And the emphasis in this service on the created order and the gift of God through creation is intentional because these next three days of the week are called rogation days. They're a part of the tradition of the church in which throughout time in various ways people have recognized God's goodness made known in creation and have taken the opportunity to pray, to ask, rogare, to ask for God's blessing upon the created order. And so Scott and I thought it would be nice to give us an opportunity to remember the gifts that God has given to us in creation because we are so aware of it. I imagine that every single one of you this morning stepped out of your door and said, oh my gosh, this is a gorgeous day. And I would bet the very last dollar that I had on the idea that every single one of you has looked at tomorrow's forecast. <laughs> and I imagine that you, like me, said, oh, this is going to be a really great Monday, a wonderful Memorial Day. So to start off this sermon, I thought it would be nice for us to sing the first stanza of America the Beautiful. And we're going to do it a cappella because I know that you know how this song goes. I'll get us started and I'm going to, I'm going to um, move my microphone from my mouth because this is recorded. And that way I want all of you all to show up on the recording. reminds us of the beauty of creation and we have seen a great deal of it not only in this part of the country in the beauty of the spring of New England but across our land those purple mountains majestic those amber waves of grain we know that we are the beneficiaries the gift receivers of the created order because we didn't make those majestic mountains and we didn't make those amber waves of grain. And yet we are fed and sustained by this created order. And when we take a moment to remember it, we are often overwhelmed, arrested, if you will, by the abundance that we have been given. And so today we remember that gift God has given to us in creation, the gift of this earth and how it is it sustains us. And in our remembering and in our celebrating, we wonder how it is that we are called to respond as people who seek to live faithfully. How is it that we are called to respond to the goodness of God made known to us in creation? Well, there's been a lot of conversation about this over the years. And I'm mindful of the conversation even just in the last couple of months. 
I learned that on May 6th, a national climate assessment came out, issued out by the White House, and they have a nice website that gives you great details about how things have changed over the decades, that the number of frost-free days has increased by 10, how the temperature has changed, how the water supply, the table has been altered. And we might look at that, those facts and statistics, and say, what does this mean? And to what point or what part did I play in making these changes happen? We might also consider what it is to be faithful people and how it is we are called to respond. In 2011, the House of Bishops, when they gathered together, issued a pastoral letter urging the Episcopal Church to consider how it is we're called to respond to the changing environment. And our own diocese, just a few weeks ago, at the end of April, sent out an invitation to every congregation to consider whether it might be an option to add another commitment to our baptismal covenant, one that emphasizes the created order and our need to respond to it, our need to recognize our relationship in it. I did not offer us up as part of this study to create a small group to think about it, although I know at least a handful of people in this congregation who would have been eager to take that charge. Because any one of you in that handful that I'm thinking of has emailed me over these last few months to say, what are we going to do about the changing environment? What is our role as Christian people in this? Well, the Episcopal Church in Connecticut offered up four suggestions to consider as part of our baptismal covenant. And I wanted to share with you those just for your information. These are some of the suggestions. There are four of them. Will you love all that God has created and care for it as God cares for you? The second suggestion is, will you cherish the beauty of God's creation and protect the integrity of all living things? Third suggestion is, will you respect the diversity of life on earth and protect the goodness of God's creation? Finally, will you reverence the beauty and well-being of God's creation and protect it from misuse and exploitation? Such considerations for our baptismal covenant are significant. We're careful with that covenant because when we are asked those questions every time someone is baptized, our response is, we will with God's help. And we wonder, how is it that we will with God's help in response to any one of these invitations, calls to service? I imagine that each of you have debated to some extent how we got here and what we're to do about it. In the last century alone, we have airplanes so has jet fuel made a huge difference in the climate? What about the development of plastics? What do we do about light bulbs and energy usage? What about batteries, disposable diapers? All of these things have come about in the last century, and each of them has been a creation that has needed to be dealt with when it's no longer needed. And so we can find ourselves in a circle an argument that round and round and round it goes as we try to figure out where it starts and where it ends and where we find ourselves in the continuum. Well, I think that when it is that we find ourselves weary from such questions 
or when we find ourselves faced with the question only and we're uncertain of where to start. That a good place to start is in praise to God. When we are faced with a question and we do not know where to begin, a good place is to remember who God is and to praise God for who God is. Throughout scripture we hear of the praise to God for all that God has given to us. And our creation, that God's creation, reminds us of God's goodness to us in all of its diverse forms. We are reminded how we are a part of the web of it all. And we are challenged to remember that we are so often consumers, but not contributors to this complex web. And so we are invited to start with praise. Praise is different than thanksgiving because praise simply proclaims who God is. It really doesn't have much to do with us, except that we give voice to who God is in the world. That's what praise to God is. And I'm reminded of a psalm that we find in morning prayer. It's a portion of Psalm 95. Listen to the praise to God. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hands are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands have molded the dry land. Come, Let us bow the knee and kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to his voice. We have the invitation, the opportunity to praise. We have the capacity to give praise to God. We come together every week for that primary purpose, to give praise to God. And so I hope that in these next three days, these rogation days, as we behold the goodness of God made known in creation, that you might find yourself compelled to give voice to it. Praise to God for all that God has done for us, for all that God does for us. Praise to God for all that God is. Amen.